0: Well, uh, we finished a series a week ago on Christmas Eve called The Gospel of Christmas, and we were looking at, obviously, how we see the gospel in the Christmas story, and we ended last week, uh, we ended that series by saying uh, and discussing how we have a responsibility to share the good news Of Jesus Christ, right? And how that we have to be people of peace. We have to be at peace with the world and seek out peace with the world in order for that message to be received. Well, in order to accomplish that, in all circumstances, we have to be humble. We have to be humble. Everything we do must point to God and not ourselves. And so over the next eight weeks, we discuss a believer's humility. And I'm pretty excited about this series. We're going to be in Philippians the whole time. Um, it's kind of a in-depth, deep dive into the book, looking at um, just various aspects of it. But uh, you'll see, as I saw, as I studied it personally, that humility is all throughout. And so we're going to start in chapter 1. We're going to be in verses 1 through 11. It says, Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. And it goes on to say... Uh, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to completion until the day of Christ Jesus. It is right for me to feel this way about you since I have you in my heart and whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel all of you share in God's grace with me. God can testify how long for all of you with the affection of Christ how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. And this is my prayer that your love may abound more and more in knowledge and depth of insight so that you may be able to discern what is best and may be pure and blameless for the day of Christ filled with the fruit of righteousness that comes through Christ Jesus to the glory and praise of God so right from the onset of Paul's letter to the church at Philippi we see that humility begins with seeing ourselves as servants of Jesus Christ That's how he opens the letter. Paul and Timothy, servants of Jesus Christ. And in order for us to be humble Christians, we have to see ourselves as people who are enslaved to Christ. Too many Christians live to receive the service of Christ rather than to be in the service of Christ. See the difference there? That... That's a t-shirt. You t- totally off guard, Dave. Dave, you're, you're rolling today. He had us clapping at that song, okay? Halfway through, I hit the camera. It like started wobbling. I, somebody watching online thought we were having an earthquake. But yeah, that, that could definitely be a t-shirt, right? Too many Christians live to receive the service of Christ rather than to be in the service of Christ. And a lack of humility lends itself to the belief that Christ should serve me. Right, Christ should serve me. I deserve for Christ to work on my behalf. Not something that any of us would overtly claim, but how many of us find ourselves grumbling at our circumstances as we live our lives? Right? How many of us find ourselves upset at where we currently are? Why me? Even worse, when we look at others and say, why not them? Why am I having to deal with this? Why are they not having to deal with this? I don't deserve this. This shouldn't be taking place for me. And then in verse 2, we see Paul kind of continue his greeting. He says, grace and peace to you from God our Father and our Lord Jesus Christ. You see, humility starts with seeing ourselves as servants of Christ Jesus. Humility continues with an earnest desire to see others flourish. I never want to succeed because of someone else's failure. Right? I never want to succeed because of someone else's failure failure or not have them experience victory because I'm in a season of trial. Does that make sense? I find myself in the depths of a trial, of tribulation, of struggle, and I see someone else who isn't and it upsets me. That points directly to a lack of humility in the believer. We desire peace, not just for ourselves, but for others. That's what a humble Christian does. And Paul's order here is very significant. Okay, his order here is very significant. Notice he says first grace and then peace to you. Grace first and then peace. We don't experience peace without accepting the grace of Christ. It's not for us. And real peace only comes from the contentment provided by being in equilibrium with God the Father. right and we've talked about that numerous times over the past couple of series, but it's an it's a theme that continually comes up through scripture. Any times we're at odds with God, we don't experience that peace, right? We have to seek God out. we have to 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 seek that balance to where we are in correct standing. And it starts with humility. With seeing ourselves as servants and not those that need to be served. In verse 3 through 5, Paul continues. He says, I thank my God every time I remember you and all my prayers for all of you. I always pray with joy because of your partnership in the gospel from the first day until now. Here's the thing. A humble Christian also gives thanks and shows appreciation for others. Being able to thank other people, being able to show appreciation for other people is a key part of being a Christian, of recognizing their worth, of recognizing their gifts, of recognizing what they bring to the table and what they have to offer to the world. A lack of humility prevents us from doing that. Paul's offering of thanks for their partnership is even more significant when you realize that he is writing this letter from a Roman prison. This isn't Paul on the road on some other long-distance trip to go share the gospel somewhere. This is Paul in chains. Often chained up to a Roman centurion guard. Right? You ever seen those videos where the cop puts the cuff on their hand and then puts the cuff on the other person's hands? like you're not getting anywhere? That's what Paul was dealing with. He was chained day and night pretty much to a person who hated his guts. But he continued to share the gospel even in that circumstance. And he could still be thankful for those that weren't in his circumstance because he knew that they were working on behalf of God. Most of Paul's letters were written to provide correction and instruction, right? But this letter is to provide encouragement and praise. It's why it stands out more than some of the others. See, humility prevents us from letting our circumstances keep how we feel about others the same. Okay, let me maybe reword that. Humility, humility doesn't allow our circumstances to change how we feel about others. Does that make more sense? Probably. It's worded a little better. Humility doesn't let our circumstances be the lens through which we view the world. A humble Christian is made better and not bitter by their circumstances. That's a key. That's when you know there's some spiritual maturity taking place in your life, when your circumstances make you better and not bitter. And the fact of the matter is trial and tribulation will always do one or the other. It's always going to do one or the other for you. It will make you better or it will make you bitter. There's really not a middle ground. There's never a time where we're just kind of like, hmm, I just don't care, right? It's either going to make us better, more faithful, more trusting, more empathetic, more complete or it'll make us bitter, more angry, more easily offended, more isolated. It'll cause us to have strong, emotional, negative reactions to others, right? We're struggling and I'm just mad at that person because they're not, I'm just angry So glad everything's going well for you, Betty. My life's awful, right? We've all been there, if we're being honest. We've all had times where we've thought to ourselves, there's no way in the world that I deserve this. Not saying I'm perfect, not saying everything should be awesome, but this, not this, right? I have been there before. I can think back, I was thinking back to a specific time this morning. I was sitting in the parking lot of federal protection a place that I worked before I started teaching, and uh, a place that I have a lot of affection for, but I just remember feeling in that moment that things in my life were not going the way that they should have. We were struggling financially, I was struggling uh, with depression and anxiety, and, and uh, I was fatter than I am now, uh, which has always been a struggle in my life, which makes me just bitter because I wake up and I'm like, I'm fat, other people should be fat too, right? Like, we should all be fat. like. I shouldn't say some of you are fat, but you know, some of you are more empathetic for my struggle because you know how it feels, and some of you never have and shame on you. Uh, <laughs> right? But I just remember just I was just kind of in this like glass case of emotion, sitting there in my car and crying out to God and just being like, "I, I don't deserve this." Like I surrendered my life over to you. I never had plans to be poor. I never had plans to financially struggle. Like, I never had plans to to be an emotional basket case. Why is this currently my life? And I remember this small voice in the back of my head popping up, saying, why do you deserve better? And I got mad, and I was like, shut up, voice. It's not about that right now. It's about me throwing myself a pity party, and you just listening. But that, that moment was really... Foundational for me in my faith, in my journey, in growing spiritually, and growing as a person, as a father, as a as a husband, as a pastor. Why do I deserve better? And the answer is, even in this era of self-love, I don't. In fact, if I was to get what it is that I deserve, well, it would be way worse. Right? It'd be way worse but I wasn't very humble in that moment. Humility was not a strength of mine. I could point to all the things that would say that I deserve better. I could point to all the things that showed how I sacrificed and showed how how I should be lifted up and exalted. And in doing so, I forgot all the things that would say things are a lot better than they probably should be, pal. Right? Right? And that one small question in in the back of my head there, why is it that you deserve better? And if I'm being really, really honest, in that moment, it wasn't just about what was going poorly for me. It was also about what was going so well for others. See, I was pointing to specific people in my life. So-and-so is doing really well. and This person I went to college with, they like biggest church in the U.S. right out of college. How the heck does that happen, right? And I'm pointing at all these people and all these different folks in my life who, who weren't struggling like I was struggling because I knew all of their struggles and I knew what they were dealing with and I knew what their life was like, right? But I didn't care about them. I just cared about me. Things weren't the way that I wanted them to be. Humble Christians don't let their circumstances affect the way that they value other people. And I know that oftentimes in my life, if I'm just being honest with you, I've done that. I'm moving past that. I'm getting over that. But I'm still a sinful man. And there are still moments where things suck, and there are still moments where things are hard, and there are still moments where things aren't going exactly the way they I want them to. And I see other people seemingly having all the greatness and all the goodness and all the things they want, and I just get mad. Because as mature as I want to believe that I am in my faith, I still know that I have so much farther to progress. See, humble Christians don't let their circumstances affect the way they value others because Christ never did. As Christ walked to his death on a cross, after being beaten and spit upon, And mocked and stripped of his clothing and having flesh torn from his bones and having crowds of people that he never wronged yell at him and belittle him so weak that he had to have somebody else help him carry a part of his cross to its final destination. After he's nailed on that cross, after he's continually mocked, As he's dying, he says, forgive them, Father. They do not know what they do. And that is the humility that we are trying to emulate. So what did you do to deserve to be where you are? Maybe nothing. Honestly, maybe nothing but my Christ, He didn't deserve it either. And I know that as a Christian, I am a little Christ. I'm working and seeking and striving to emulate my Savior. And my Savior, He's been there and He's done that. And He has experienced the worst of what this world has to offer So I cannot let my circumstances affect the way that I value others, affect the way that I appreciate others, affect the way that I love others because Christ never did. And in doing so, I must be confident of this, verse 6, that he who began a good work in you will carry it out to the completion until the day of Christ Jesus. Here's the thing, a humble Christian is a faithful Christian and a faithful Christian is a confident Christian. It's not gonna be up on the screen, but it probably should be. A humble Christian is a faithful Christian, and a faithful Christian is a confident Christian. Confident that God is always working. Hear me on this. Confident that God is always working. I'm up here on the mountain, things are great, God's mo- moving, God's working. Things are going the way they're supposed to. Uh-oh. I'm clumsy. I tripped. I fell all the way down the mountain. Things are awful. God must have left my side. God, why did you trip me? God, why did you push me down that mountain? God, why are you allowing me to stay here in this valley? God, this is your fault. Right? Right? but a humble Christian is a faithful Christian and a faithful Christian is confident that God is working. So even in that valley as I'm having to claw my way out as I'm pushing and striving and doing everything I can to get back to that mountaintop. Am I grumbling? Am I complaining? Am I showing a lack of humility or am I faithful that even in my prison, God is working? And can I look up ahead of me as I'm climbing that mountain and see others who just came out of a valley? We don't want to talk about that. We don't want to see that they just came out of a terrible situation. We just see that they're where we want to be, right? Can I look up at them while I'm in chains and say, God, thank you for that blessing. God, may they continue to flourish. God, will you work in my life like you've worked in theirs? This is heavy stuff. This is not just milk. This is meat. We're getting into the the muck and the mire of Christianity. It's not always rainbows. They're there, but sometimes they come back on the backside of a flood that wiped everything out. Right? Right? Can we be confident that God is always working? And if we are, can we love others? Do we understand that we must love others? Yes, that are in our same standing and in our same situation, but also that are where we want to be. Why? 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 Because we share in the same grace, the same gift that God provided. Let's look at verse 7. Paul writing this letter in chains, right, in prison. We talked about that as he continues to encourage and and, and thank them for their partnership. As he continues to to look for, for their benevolence, to look for their providence, May God continue this good work that He's done in you. He's in chains, and He says this, It is right for me to feel this way about all of you since I have you in my heart. Whether I am in chains or defending and confirming the gospel, all of you share in God's grace with me. He goes on to say in verse 8, God can testify how I long for all of you with the affection of Christ Jesus. We're going to finish with this this morning. See, all believers partake in the grace of God. All believers. If you are a believer, we share something in common that we have experienced God's gift of grace provided through Christ Jesus. And because that is the case, we share that we all must be defenders of the gospel, apologists of the gospel, right? People who fight for the word of the Lord and for the truth that we have found in our God. And in doing so, we cannot worry about the opinions of others, knowing that God knows our hearts. See, Paul is saying all these things. I wish you well. I want God to continue to work in your life. I want you to flourish I want everything to be okay for you. And he throws in this line in verse 8. God can testify how I long for you all. God can testify to these words that I'm saying. He can tell you that they're true because his circumstances don't match with his words. It doesn't compute. How can you be saying these things to us, Paul, when you're in prison? How can you be someone who is projecting joy, wishing us the very best while you're in chains? And as we're going to see throughout this series, it's because of the God that He serves. Humble Christians don't worry about the perceptions of others because they aren't living for their approval. And if you chase humility for no other reason, hear me on this. With humility, there is a boatload of freedom. There is a boatload of freedom. Because we're not living for the approval of this world. We're just not. I'm living as a servant of Christ Jesus. I'm trying to do everything that I can to live my life the way that he would call me to live my life so that I can have the greatest impact for the kingdom that anybody out there could possibly have. That's all I'm focused on. And if you approve or if you disapprove, that doesn't matter. That has no effect on how I should live my life. That has no effect on how I treat others. That has no effect on my end game, my end goal, or my end reward. And if we are someone who is not humble, if we are someone who instead of being humble is wrapped up in ourselves and in our perception and how we look and being liked and how others feel about us, we don't have this freedom because we are making choices based on what those people, whoever they are, think about our decision rather than am I doing what God is calling me to do? See, Paul's delivering this message and he's saying, listen, it may not make sense to you, but it doesn't really need to. God can testify to my heart. I mean this. I mean this. I want what's best for you. I may be in chains. I may be in prison. I may die. My death may be on its way. But I'm living for the Lord. I am living for the Lord. And guys, if we can get there, you want to talk about freedom in Christ. That's where it's at. That's where it's at and recognizing ourselves as a servant of God rather than someone who God should be serving. Let's pray. God, I come to you right now. I thank you for this day. I thank you for Paul's letter to the Philippians, for the message that is all throughout the letter, for Christ's example of humility, for all the things that we're going to cover in the next seven weeks. God, I pray that you continue to mold us and shape us into people whose will is to serve God first. That you continue to to lead us and direct our steps and to give us the confidence that comes with, with being a believer of Christ and a son or a daughter of God. God, help us to... To be people who love the world around us more than we love ourselves help us to be people who don't allow our circumstances to change the way that we treat other people or the way that we view this world god change our hearts and our minds in the way that they need to be changed so that we can see trials and tribulation as becoming better May we let go of the things in the past that have made us bitter. May we let go of the need to be accepted and approved by our fellow man. May we find the freedom that comes in being a servant of God. May we choose humility when we could choose the opposite because it's not about me. It's not about me, it's about you. We ask you to change hearts, to change minds, to change lives today. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. I'm going to be up here ready to pray with anybody who might want to pray with me today. If you have something that you need to pray about, please come do that. Uh, Rodney, I'm going to ask you to stand back kind of left side along the coffee to you. Ashley, could you come over here? Ashley's going to be over there. So if you don't want to come up front or you don't want to pray with me, I won't be offended. But if you need prayer today, by all means, please pray with someone this morning. That's, that's why we're here. That's why we do church is to live life together, right? Be humble enough. Be humble enough to be vulnerable enough to tell God you need help. Okay. If you need to talk to me about salvation, about what it means to be a believer in God, what it means to to choose humility in light of the other option, which is to choose yourself and to put yourself first. Come talk to me about that today. Maybe we don't come up with some final decision, but starting that conversation is the best gift you can give yourself to start a new year. Membership is a thing you'd like to discuss and... We can talk about that after service, okay? Because there's a little bit more that goes into that conversation. But otherwise, stand now. Let's worship. Let's give God the praise that He deserves.